0: Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement.
1: Throughout our show, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Heather McNair. I'm Alex
0: Mastriani. And we're happy you're here. Welcome back to another episode of the Member Engagement Show hey heather how's it going
1: it's going well alex how are you today
0: i'm doing great i'm excited to talk about amas ask me Anything, and we've got two awesome guests here but uh what do you think about amas
1: i have always loved them as a format to get people involved and you know, one of the things we're going to talk about today is what they look like in a community format uh kind of translated into that online community <laughs> And uh, which is a little little different twist than people maybe used to with an Ask Me Anything, uh, but uh, but I do think they're a really great way to engage your audience. Uh, you know, people we, we've we've done so many webinars, we've experimented with all sorts of online learning formats, virtual learning formats, over the last fifteen months or so, uh, and I think these are they're very engaging, they're very hands-on. Uh, and, uh, and they can also be asynchronous, which is one of the great things like a webinar really to get the most out of it, you should be there live. And so Mm -hmm. you have to be there from two to 3 PM on, you know, such and such a date. Uh, and, uh, and with these AMAs in communities, you, it basically the conversation and I'm not going to not going to steal our guest's thunder, but the conversation is happening in the community. And so people can refer back to it. They can participate it, participate in it later. Um, and oftentimes they'll stretch out for longer periods than just that, you know, one, two, three hours, whatever it was scheduled for. Um, and, and so I think it gives a great way to involve more people who may not have, um, well, have even been aware uh, mm-hmm. In a lot of situations, um, you know, from a marketing side, as hard as we try to promote things, sometimes, yeah, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> events slip by without people noticing, but all of a sudden if it shows up in their community digest, they're like, oh, hey, this this is pertinent to me.
0: Yeah, for sure. And just along the lines of all of these different online and virtual learning formats that people have been trying over the past year, 15 months. Um, it's so funny because I was just talking to someone on our customer marketing team, and same thing with um, some of our prospect marketing. Webinars have just been really popular. People have uh, been flocking to them, and we're you know looking to do more in the second half of the year as we're looking at our second half planning. Um, and I think IMAs are a great way to both repurpose some of the content that comes out of webinars or... Uh, continue to feature speakers or find more relevant topics. So all stuff that we're going to talk about today with Annie O'Brien and Kristen Benarek from Higher Logic. They are on our community management team and they are experts in this area. So Annie, Kristen, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do at Higher Logic? And I'm just interested to know if you could attend and ask me anything with anyone, who would you want to ask questions too.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Kristen, like Alex said, and I'm really excited to be joining the show today. So, thank you for bringing us on. Um, I am a consultant at Hyrologic. I'm on the strategic services team, and I work with various community customers to boost engagement, talk about strategy, and really make their community thrive. And if I could attend an AMA with anyone, I'm assuming this is a dead or alive type situation. Yes, for sure. Okay. I would have to do Stan Lee, who created Marvel Comics and created (laughs) many of the stories that I love from Marvel. So it would be Stan Lee for me. That's awesome. Good answer.
0: I didn't see that coming. I
1: didn't
3: either. Fantastic.
0: That is a good answer. (laughs) Annie, how about you?
3: Well, thank you for having me. Uh, I am Annie O'Brien, and I'm a team lead on the strategic services team. As Kristen mentioned, we help launch and manage people's online communities and help make them very successful over the years. Um, I'm also going to go with someone who is dead for my AMA. Uh, It's a bit of a weird answer, but if I could attend an AMA with anyone, it would be Lee Harvey Oswald. And that is because I love history, and I just have a few questions for him. I'd like to get to the bottom of a few things, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. Well, that would be a very interesting AMA for sure, right <laughs> um, it's So
1: what do you had to say? Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, Kristen, I'm gonna throw the first question your way. Um if someone was thinking about running um, an in-person webinar or, a community Ask Me Anything, they were debating the different formats, wondering which one would make the most sense. When would you recommend that someone tries this, this Ask Me Anything format in the community?
2: Yeah, good question. I think AMAs are really great solely due to the fact that they're really different. So as you mentioned, webinars and of course, in-person events are always popular. But webinars in particular during COVID have been extremely popular. But webinars do take a lot of work not just for the person presenting who, you know, they have to get ready, they've got to be live on the spot talking, they might have to be on camera. It's also a lot of work for the attendees. You can't just pick and choose the parts you join of a webinar. You really have to join the whole thing for the experience. So that's an hour out of your day, maybe even two. That's time that you really have to dedicate to that webinar. And AMA, on the other hand, allows you to really step in and out. So if you have a question on a topic, you only have a couple minutes, you can log in, ask your question, see the answer, and then you can leave. Now, it also has benefits for the person who is presenting on it. Instead of preparing, instead of having to get ready to look good on camera, they can just be sitting behind their computer, even in their pajamas if they want, and answering the questions as they come in. So it's a nice change of pace for, I think, both the attendees and the AMA expert, because they really get a different opportunity that's not the same as the countless webinars, and let's be honest, we've all seen many, many, many webinars recently. For people who do present at those a lot, they might not want to do another webinar, but they might be willing to try an AMA, and they then you get this great guest on your AMA.
1: Yeah, and I was, one of the things that I have seen be very successful, too, is not, it. it isn't an either-or with the webinars and AMAs. It's actually doing the two of them in conjunction with each other. Was um, what like one of the things with webinars is you usually never have enough time at the end of it to answer all the questions that people have asked. And so you can then take those questions and move them over to the community and basically turn that into an AMA on the community. So you're, you've got those two formats working together as opposed to ha- having to pick and choose between the two. I think That's a good
0: point. We did something like that um, after Super Forum, our annual customer conference, where, you know, there were definitely sessions that could have gone another 15 minutes, 20 minutes with just Q&A. People wanted to hear from the speaker because, of course, you know, they always go over time and then there's never enough time to get all those extra questions answered. So what we did in a couple of months after the event was looked at some of those really popular sessions and basically continued the conversation. You know, where, where in the community did people keep going back to and ask questions to the speaker or where, again, could the speaker have gone on longer than, than we had the time allotted for. So we did AMA sessions. So good point, Heather. forgot about that. <laughs> um, what about, uh, the content. So this is like always something that I, I find really fascinating afterwards is um, as someone who I know we've done them in our own our own internal employee community. We've done AMAs with various folks around the company. Um, I love all the content that's in the community afterwards because I actually found it when I've searched for things. Um, it pops up in the search and it's great because you know i don't have to necessarily carve out 30 minutes to listen to a recording but i can quickly skim the thread for like questions that are relevant or interesting to me to just quickly see what i can what i can take away from it
2: yeah i think something really great tying in with that searchability there is if you've got something you're announcing so for a product community maybe that's a new release and you want to have a forum for people to ask questions about an ama is a great place rather than trying to guess the FAQs they might have, you get the true, real frequently asked questions. And like you said, they're searchable afterwards. You can keep the thread somewhere where people can find it easily. Really, really great for after the fact.
3: Yeah, and what we typically see people do is pull in that content to emails afterwards, use it as um, a marketing way to drive people back to the community because there is so much great content that's generated there and it really can be evergreen on the community.
1: That's a great idea. We I'd love that. So, if someone, yeah, you know, if they're they're hearing about this. They're excited about this concept of an AMA. Where do they start? How do they plan one? You guys mentioned briefly on, like, you know, well, I think Alex actually did about like how we how we decided on topics for Superforum. Um, but how how do you guys kind of go about that with uh, with the customers you work with?
3: Yeah. So the first step would be to select a topic. And uh, some of the ways to do that through the community are obviously if there's um, a hot discussion that is taking off, that can always be a good way. But we always also like to look at the top search terms report. So if there is something that people are really searching for, maybe it's a new product release, um, maybe it's just a hot topic in the industry, that can be a really great thing to host an AMA on. So that's always a good one. And then also it's kind of fun to do a poll. So say you have um, about four ideas amongst staff and you want to see which, which ideas the members actually want to put a poll up on the community for about two weeks to get those votes in. That can be also a really great way to select a topic.
1: Yeah, that's great. Cause then the members also feel some ownership of it. So I'm sure you get a higher attendance rate with that.
2: Exactly.
0: How do you find your expert? I almost said speaker, but clearly they're not (laughs) speaking here. Um, How much of a time commitment do you sort of pitch this as to the experts?
3: So, in general, we will uh, work with members of the organization, and they will say, you know, right off the bat, they'll think of five-ish members that could fit the bill for the AMA. Um, Another great way to look for people would be people that are very active in the community. So, look, taking a look at. Um, their engagement scores and saying, Susie Q has been super active. Maybe she'd be uh, willing to participate in an AMA. Um, But generally we'll say it takes about two hours total of prep. So we'll do about a half an hour beforehand, just making sure that they understand the platform, don't have any questions are fully prepared. They can answer questions ahead of time, an hour for the session. And then we say about 30 minutes afterwards, just in case any questions come in later on, we want to make sure that they still get answered. So there might be some straggling questions that they need to answer.
1: Uh, so, Annie, you you mentioned staff may come up like with five people off the top of their heads. Do you ever do these with more than one expert, or is it pretty much you stick with one person? That's actually a
3: great uh, question. I actually have done a decent amount of AMAs, probably more so than not, with a panel of experts, which actually works out quite nicely because then um, you get multiple opinions on each question. And it works out quite nicely. It also adds more content to the thread. Um, so there's a little bit more meat to the thread there and it sparks a lively debate.
0: And they must be excited that they don't have to make slides. I mean, that's a definite <laughs> benefit to all the experts.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's what you say. Con- controversy always gets a conversation going too. So uh, oh, when yeah. you do it with more than one person, do you stick with that one hour-ish or do you tend to go for a longer period? I'm assuming there's more conversation going on, so it may need to stretch out for longer. But
3: In my experience, I've kept it to either an hour or an hour and a half, um, and they will answer some questions ahead of time as needed. But in general, either the experts will answer um, a few questions or they'll say you know that's not really my area of expertise so you take that one but any more than an hour and a half and it just becomes a fairly big time commitment for the experts but kristen what would you say
2: yeah um i think i typically leave it to about an hour just so i can give them that promised window hey we're gonna not take up too much of your time i think one of the benefits is when you've got a panel you've got room for different areas of expertise A great way, um, I know this is going back a little bit, but if you're looking for some great experts for a panel, if you leverage demographics within your community, you can use those to filter and find people that are in the fields that you wanna feature or maybe have a specific practice area. They have that expertise. And then it's a true panel of experts, maybe not in all the exact same field, but they can give different insights to topics and maybe a different question might be answerable by one person but to another one, they don't really have an answer. That saves when you've got that panel, you can really open it up to the group and say, "Who who has a good answer for this one?" And that allows them to kind of claim the area of expertise and give whoever's asking that question a good answer. That's
1: awesome. Do you ever bring in? I, you know, you've talked about like how to find these people in the community, and uh, do you ever go to? Yeah, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, kind of external to maybe bring in an expert who isn't necessarily participating in the community.
2: Yeah, that's a great point you bring up. Um, I have seen that work very well. So, using you can leverage social media a lot for these AMAs, and I've seen a lot of organizations be successful with opening it up on Twitter and Instagram for questions. Now, of course, you might not get members asking those questions but you can leverage the anonymous posting feature to post them or just have a staff member posted in as a question that came from social media. Now for the expert, if they're not a member, I would recommend creating them an account as a courtesy, whether you want to give them a, a trial membership as a thank you or just access to the platform for only that day. I think it is a nice thing to give them that account, um, allow them to set it up and then you don't have to post through staff and it does, it is a true person's profile who is answering the questions.
1: Yeah, completely agree with that approach. Yeah, so they're interacting with the actual expert.
0: So, what's the best way to get the questions that you're going to ask? How do you how do you promote this? Is it all through email and the community itself on social combination of all of these and more? Um, what's the best way to collect these and get feedback from members?
3: All the above. So we recommend um, announcing it on the community and then directing members to a place, whether that's an email address or a form where they can post or share their questions ahead of time. That gives you a sense of how many questions you're going to get, how busy it's going to be um, in case the experts need to prepare ahead of time, fill some of those out ahead of time. We also like to leverage automation rules to um target people who are engaged in the community. And then I always like to send to a group of members that are unengaged in the community in case this AMA is what brings them back. And then I always recommend that the organization also leverages whatever newsletters they have going out, um, directing people to sign up or sign up, excuse me, fill out uh, seed question forms so that we can collect all of those. And recently I've been seeing on the topic of social media on Instagram, the question boxes um, oh, yeah. member organizations have been using those lately as a way to collect seed questions. So that's also been cool.
0: I love that. That's a great use of that question box and Instagram stories. Um, How many questions do you typically get through? I'm sure it varies on the depth of the content, but like is there a number people should try to get through or target or that you could promise the expert you'll get about 10 questions over the course of an hour?
2: I think it depends on how much you leverage um, getting questions ahead of time. So I have noticed with communities where it's a more technical topic, The experts typically prefer to have more in advance so they can get out there and answer, write longer answers. Maybe even I've seen occasionally they might be citing a source if it's a scientific community. They don't want to be put on the spot really. So if you leverage that ahead of time, start with a longer promotion period, you can get more questions in there, but it's not as much weight on the expert during the live event. So that's something to consider there, but it's tough to say. I think it depends on the The topic at hand. Um, If you've got a panel, I've noticed there's typically more questions that come in because there's just more people on there. They've probably read their bios in advance. They might have different questions for different experts. With one expert, you know, it really depends what they do. If they're really, really popular, if they're famous within the community, it's going to be a lot of content. If maybe they're not, then it might be a little bit trickier to get some questions. And I always do recommend if you do put out a request ahead of time and there's not that many, you can always supplement it with some additional questions from either staff or um, or from just anonymous posting but disguised as a nice staff question. <laughs> uh,
1: just on a purely logistic side, Kristen, when you're posting those seed questions that you gathered ahead of time, like what does that format look like? Are you post, like a lot of times when we launch a community, when we're doing seed questions, we'll go in and impersonate, with that person's permission, <laughs> we'll go in and impersonate the member uh, and post on their behalf. Are you doing the same thing in the AMAs? Are Is the expert just jumping in and answering the question?
2: Yeah. yeah. So great question. And I'm glad you bring up impersonation because that is a great feature to utilize for AMAs. Now, of course, you have to ask for permission to do this. But when you are initially soliciting seed content, if you do ask for permission to impersonate, it really makes things run a lot more smoothly on the day of. So you can have staff just you know, sitting there impersonating to post that question. And even to help the expert, if they've answered it in advance, you can post their answer as them. So it gives them the time to focus on the live questions. And they don't have to do any work for those ones you've collected in advance. Well, aside from actually answering them ahead of time, but you know, during the live event, they, it saves them that time. So impersonation is great. If someone does not wish to be impersonated, I always offer them the ability to have it posted as an anonymous question. I will tell them it's a great question. We definitely want it in the AMA. Do you mind if we post anonymously? I have never had anyone say no to that. If they're initially not okay with being impersonated, people want their question answered.
0: Cool. So that is definitely probably what's keeping a community manager busy during the actual uh, time slot of the AMA itself. Any other things that um, come up or that you have to keep in mind, like from a community manager perspective during the live event?
3: We definitely recommend about five minutes before that you send an automation rule out, reminding people that it's about to start. That can be a great way to get some live questions, uh, sort of like a join right now email and that, Again, we'll get you some live questions and then the expert can focus on those while you're posting some of the seed questions. Additionally, it's definitely a good idea to be on a call with the expert just so you can communicate during the event what's going on, which question to answer, et cetera. Um, It can be nice to chat with them and also just make sure that the logistics are running smoothly.
2: Yeah, something I'll add here. I have noticed with AMAs, pretty much always it's a little bit slower in the first 15 to 20 minutes. That's totally normal don't be alarmed. People just don't tend to show up on time to things. But that's why if you've got that seed content prepared ahead of time, you can just start the flow of conversation right away. And you can kick off that AMA where it looks like it's filled up the whole hour. And then those live questions will fill up your time towards the end of the AMA.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where you know, the more people see, the more content people see in there, the more people will come in, like, you know, where you just randomly see people standing in a line, like in a city and you're like, oh, what's everybody in line for? Like, <laughs> must be something good. So yeah, same thing with the community. Um, I love that. So thinking about all of the different customers you've worked with in the association space that have facilitated these different AMA sessions, um, what kind of results have they seen? What kind of sessions are they running? How... How do they compare to some other events that they either do in their community or just
2: general community engagement? From what I've seen, AMAs are one of the highest performing engagement events within a community. I've seen them work in such a wide range of communities, whether that's a, um, a corporate tech company or a, um, a scientific association or just really any organization. I think an AMA can be highly functional and you're going to get a ton of engagement I've seen um, one customer comes to mind that I've worked with where AMAs have become really the most important part of their community. People are requesting to be featured in it. People are requesting topics. It's the thing that people really look forward to. They actually have them monthly. People get really excited for them. And even on months where the regular community engagement is slower, the AMAs are guaranteed to be a success and people are always praising them and asking to have more of them. So- I think when they can work with really any type of organization, I have I can honestly say I've never seen an AMA not work for an organization. When they don't work, it might be because the topic that was chosen is not great, but then it can rebound for the next one. I do think, though, AMAs are just a great way to teach people about the community, bring them in for the first time. And for someone who might be a little bit hesitant to post in the community generally, it gives them a forum where they can post and have a question answered when they might not feel comfortable starting their very own discussion thread they can contribute and then they've done it for the first time once you post for the first time in a community you're much more likely to come back and post more so you've got a member who maybe wasn't engaged at all now they're posting and asking questions in your community
1: yeah, I think the you know, depending on the expert you use, what I what I've seen is sometimes these are uh, consultants, they're industry experts, and they can, are people who can charge, you know, three, four, five, six hundred dollars an hour, and the uh, the opportunity for members to be able to get free, I'll put in air quotes, free advice. It's usually in conjunction with their membership, but um, to get that free advice. Is very compelling and gets them to the community. And I, you know, I've seen in specific situations where, like a third of the people asking questions, it's their first time actually posting a question to the community, uh, and it is a really exciting way to get them over that that fear, that hurdle. But yeah, if I could get free six hundred dollar an hour advice, yeah, <laughs> if I could just get over that, okay, I, I'll post to the community for that. That's worth it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I That's such a good point, too, because it seems so, um, I don't know what the right word is here, like low risk to come and post a question in a community AMA instead of starting a full thread um, from speaking from someone who's like, on the Shire side here, <laughs> um, if I was like I wanted to participate in the community but wasn't sure how, that's a great way to get people involved. I didn't even think about that point. Uh, another thing that you said was you had the customer who does these um, monthly. Is there a good cadence that you would suggest for these, um,
2: these types of events? I think it really it depends on your community. You don't want to do too many. I would never recommend for the sake of the community manager mostly doing them weekly because that would be very tricky. Um, I think monthly works if that is the focus of your community and people are still remaining excited for them. I think quarterly generally is a great place to start. It allows plenty of prep time, a lot of time to pick a good topic or a good expert, and it makes it so it becomes a little bit more of an exclusive event. They're happening quarterly, not monthly. I think maybe start at quarterly and move forward to monthly, depending on how it goes. Annie, you might have some thoughts on that, though, as well.
3: I agree. I would start with quarterly and see how it goes. Quarterly makes it feel like an exclusive event and they can be uh, a decent amount of work to put on from the community manager perspective. So you want to make sure that it feels special and you also want to manage your workload.
0: For sure. Any final tips for things that we haven't covered if someone is thinking that they might want to test this out with their organization?
3: One thing I have seen be very successful is that some organizations will have like a theme for each quarter. So maybe, you know, Q2 is students. And so they would align their AMAs to those themes. And that has worked very well because then you can tie it into all of your um, various promotions that you're doing, things of that nature. So I would definitely recommend if you um, kind of have that larger content calendar to try and align it with that.
0: How about you, Kristen?
2: I think um, some, a good thing to keep in mind is to never do an AMA last minute. It's something that I think benefits heavily from promotion and collecting seed content in advance. I think an AMA more than even a webinar, I think a webinar you can probably get away with kind of doing an impromptu, impromptu one. An AMA, you really can't. Um, you gotta make people aware of it. You gotta leave time for them to ask questions. And then you gotta make sure most importantly, probably that your expert is comfortable in the community and on the day of, you're not spending the first 30 minutes troubleshooting their tech issues because that's never fun. You mean like we did before we started recording today? <laughs> exactly <laughs> what we did before that. We, we would have benefited from some more some more time ahead of time. Oh, so There's always something.
1: Every podcast. Yes. Yeah. One yes. <sighs> And, and to think we're tech people. Uh, <laughs> uh, this, uh, this is all fantastic advice, you guys. I, yeah, I, I hope we've inspired some people to to go out there and yeah, host, host some Ask Me Anythings. Uh, and if they have any questions, any follow-up, uh, what is the best way to reach you guys? Uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, where, uh, email, how would
2: you like them to reach out to you? Yeah. You guys can reach out on um, either LinkedIn. My name is Kristen Bednarek. You can have fun trying to figure out how to spell that. Um, or you can email me at K-B-E-D-N-A-R-E-K at higherlogic.com. Same here. You can reach
3: out to me on LinkedIn or A O'Brien at higherlogic.com.
2: We'd love to hear about your AMAs that you put on. Annie and I both love love AMAs.
0: Yeah. And if you are um, in the HireLogic customer community hug, definitely head over there. Post if you've done any AMAs, what's worked for you. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Our team's always in there um, engaging with our customers. So we'd love to hear your own stories. Uh, Before we sign off, I have to ask you one final question that we ask all of our guests. What is your favorite engagement tactic? Could be very big, could be small, whatever you... AMAs are your course. AMAs,
2: <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we love AMAs.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, like now I want to go do an AMA and I don't have a community. So <laughs> I'm going to need to find Yes. All right. Well, thank you ladies so much. Um, this has been great. Please share your stories out there in Hug or on this, uh, the LinkedIn post about this episode. Tell us what you've done that's worked for you. That's going to do it for another episode of the Member Engagement Show. And we will see you next time.